Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to this EM360 podcast with our Ask the Expert series, a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Max Curtin, Editor-in-Chief here at EM360 and your host on today's podcast. Now in today's episode, I'm being joined by Jamie Hutton, who is the CTO at Quantexa. So Jamie, welcome to the show and thanks for coming on today. Thanks very much, Max. It's great to have you on. And before we get into today's topic matter, would you mind just giving our listeners at home a bit of background on yourself before we get started? Of course, yes. So I'm Jamie Hutton. I'm the CTO, uh, Chief Technology Officer at Quantexa. So I look after all of our technology, uh, we run our R&D team. Um, I'm one of the co-founders of the business. So we started the business around five years ago, and we've grown ourselves to about a 250 to 300 person strong business in that in that time. And uh, yeah, so I've looked after our technology strategy throughout. Excellent stuff. And uh, on today's episode, Jamie's coming on to talk about all things entity resolution. And I feel like the most logical starting point here for listeners to kind of get a grasp of what we're going to be discussing is, what is entity resolution? A very good question. So entity resolution is really the process by which we we work out whether two different records are talking about the same real world thing. So uh, a real-world entity could be a person, it could be a business, it could be an address, a phone number, a bank account, anything that is sort of a real-world object, I suppose. And if you imagine you've got you know, a record that's talking about a Jamie Hutton and a separate record that's talking about a James Hutton, entity resolution is the process by which we work out whether they are in fact the same person or whether they are in fact two different people. Excellent. Okay, so... If we delve into this then, what capabilities does an entity resolution solution need to offer? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, the goal of entity resolution here is to provide the context of who you're dealing with. Um, you're trying to understand, the, you know, your customer, your counterparty, your customer's customer. So the first thing that an entity resolution needs to be able to do is deal with the fact that data needs to be brought together that was never designed to be linked. So you might have two completely different systems never intended to be brought together. The goal of entity resolution in, uh, an engine is to do that. So I guess there are a few key capabilities that any entity resolution engine needs to have. The first and most logical one is it needs to be accurate. You need to obviously get a view out of the entity resolution that you can rely upon. But the second thing that's probably you know, fairly obvious as well is that it needs to be able to scale. You want your entity resolution engine to, to bring in as much data as possible. So you need to, of course, allow it to scale. And you probably want it to support both batch and real-time processing because the world is moving much more in the direction of real-time. And I guess there are a couple of other last and important things. You want any entity resolution system that you have to be both transparent but also explainable. So you need to be able to you know, base your decisions on the output of this entity resolution and have confidence in why the system has done so. And of course, I guess the final thing is it absolutely must be secure. If you're going to be using uh, entity resolution across your organization. You need to ensure that it is secure and that people who are accessing it have access to only the data they're allowed to see. Mm -hmm. Very important factors to kind of consider there and such large areas for organizations to cover when we're talking about data and how much they have available, obviously varying company to company, but it, it's 
going to be a large source for people that are using this. So to, to help us kind of wrap our head around this a little bit further, have you got any examples of where business use cases that really demonstrate this in action? Absolutely. So I guess look, the first and most simple, the sort of most obvious use case of entity resolution is what you might call deduplicating records. Um, you know, you might have a Jamie Hutton who is actually a customer but has three different products. And maybe you don't treat Jamie Hutton as one person. Maybe you're at the moment treating him as three separate um, individuals. So the first and most basic use case is that sort of deduplication. I'll give you an example, actually, Max. We worked with a, an organization who obviously I won't name who they thought they had about 120 million customer records. But actually, after applying entity resolution, it became apparent that they actually only had 70 or so million unique entities. So a massive reduction in terms of the actual, you know, they, their customer base was actually a lot smaller than they might have first thought. So that's the first sort of, you know, very simple business use case, which is really understanding who your customer is and deduplicating. But I guess for us, entity resolution goes a, a lot beyond just you know, simple deduplicating of internal data. For us, it's a foundational capability for better decision-making across the enterprise. So resolved entities, um, you know, understanding who your customer is, understanding uh, you know, the entities associated with those customers, that can be used for so many things. Um, it could be that we're looking for bad guys, perhaps trying to find money laundering or fraud within the organization. And understanding the entities is absolutely critical to that. But it could be you know, credit risk or marketing. It could be about finding new business opportunities. And it extends to really all sectors. If you think about it, understanding who your customer is and who they relate to is a, is a, is a key capability that a bank would need, an insurer, a telco, a government agency. It's, it's really applicable across the uh, you know, across a, a huge number of different different areas. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's very impressive how all of this can kind of come about and bring this data. One one thing that's jumping out to me is is there any way of guaranteeing? Obviously, you're taking all of this data and you're making it easy and accessible. And for your example, you know you got that Jamie and you got that James Hutton. How do you reduce the possibilities of uh, false positives? Yeah, it's a great question. That comes really down to the accuracy. So I guess the first thing that I'd highlight is that your tolerance for false positives is going to vary depending on your use case. So let me give a real example. If you are trying to determine whether to give someone lending, you know, perhaps you're a bank and you're doing credit risk modeling, you probably want to be pretty tight in your entity resolution. You certainly wouldn't want to accidentally link a Jamie Hutton and a James Hutton together and then you know, deny them credit. So you need to be pretty tight in that area. But when you take that same entity resolution requirement outside of those areas to something like financial crime, you know, money laundering, detection or fraud, you're going to be willing to cast the net a little bit wider because you really don't, you know, don't want to miss anything in those areas. And because in money laundering and fraud, every alert that you produce goes through a human for validation. So there's a chance for correcting the system if it, if it over-resolves. So your tolerance around sort of levels of false positives will vary depending on your use case. So one of the things we pioneered within Quantexa is something we call dynamic entity resolution, which basically allows you to specify at runtime how strict or how fuzzy do you want to go for your particular use case. That's a a really key capability of, uh, of, of the Quantexa system. 
Okay. No, that, that's that's very interesting to kind of see how it reduces it that much. Um, I'd, I'd be kind of remiss if I didn't speak about um, the security controls around this. So what can you tell me about how information is protected? You know, you've got very sensitive data there um, that is being looked at in, in a certain way. So, so talk to me about some of these security controls as well. Yeah, indeed. Look, uh, I think this is one of the key things that Quantexa gives through its dynamic approach. So essentially, in a traditional system, you have to make a decision as to whether you do or do not include a data source in your entity resolution process. So let's take a good example. Imagine you have a a very sensitive hot list, a list of essentially individuals who perhaps you've reported to the authorities. Now, that list would be exceptionally sensitive. And you clearly wouldn't want that list getting into the wrong people's hands. Now, with a traditional entity uh, matching engine uh, or traditional matching system, you have to make a binary decision. Yes or no, am I including that data source? With Quantexa, what we can actually do is specify the security on every single piece of data right down to the field level and build the entities based on precisely the data a user is allowed to see. There's quite a lot of detail behind that. There's quite a lot of sort of complexity and science that goes behind being able to do that. But ultimately, what it allows you to do is have one instance of entity resolution that can service the entire needs of the organization, even if they have different requirements around the data sources that go into their use case and the level of matching required. Excellent. So we all know how much companies love having one package that does everything and kind of covers all bases. That's always where they want to kind of sign up to. So talk to me about what you mentioned it briefly there, but where do these traditional matching approaches fall short then? Where are their weaknesses versus what we're talking about now? Yeah. So if I talk about a sort of traditional matching approach, it is what we would we might call record to record comparisons. Some people call it record linkage. And basically, what you're trying to do there, what those systems do, is compare two records for similarities. The biggest problem that you find with them is that they they work really well when you've got consistent and when you've got a good depth of data. But when the data becomes sparse, um, the simple matching approaches stop working. So if on one record you know very little information and on another you've got very rich information, by definition, there's quite a lot of difference between those two records. Uh, With entity resolution, it doesn't work like that. What you actually do is you're continually enriching your view from one source to the next. So perhaps I'm Jamie Hutton with a given date of birth in the first system. Then we link onto another system that enriches that with my address. And then it's that address information that allows us to connect onto a third system. So it's what we might call a more iterative approach. And what that ultimately leaves is it leads to better match accuracy than you can get with a direct record-to-record comparison. Um, And one of the things I'd sort of highlight in this space, we built entity resolution to work in the space of financial crime specifically. Um, And the reason that's important is if you think about what a criminal will do when they try to evade detection, what you might find is you vary your details. So perhaps I will be Jamie Hutton, then I'll be James Hutton, then I'll be Jim Hutton. I'm going to intentionally change that detail so that I evade basic matching, uh, traditional matching approaches. So when you actually think about that challenge, what you've got to be able to do is deal with exactly those sorts of, of challenges when you do your entity resolution. And that's exactly what entity resolution gives you over and above basic traditional matching. 
Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about implementation then. So you mentioned that the financial sector can be notorious for having data in different sections and it's stored in different areas. So if someone was to come to you talking about this from an implementation standpoint, how easy are we talking? What kind of things do they need to be looking out for? Um, and generally, what's what's the kind of overall process? Generally, I know everywhere is different, but... Uh, of course. Look, the, uh, exactly the challenge you've just uh, raised is is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Um, yeah, it, everyone has data silos, data in different places, data in different formats. People will always complain about, you know, that the quality of their data being not good enough. But the problem is you cannot say, well, I won't do entity resolution because I've got too low quality data. I'll wait until my data is perfect before I bring it together. Because the truth is your data will never get there. So what you've got to do is make the best of the data that you have. And that is, again, what entity resolution is very good at dealing with. Um, I'll, I'll refer back. I just mentioned that, you know, in the financial crime space, people intentionally manipulate their details. Well, actually, when you've got just poor quality data, it manif- manifests itself in exactly the same way. In fact, criminals intentionally manipulating their details and just poor data quality are in some respects, you know, the same same challenge. Um, so essentially, uh, the first thing is you, you don't need to worry about having poor data quality here or there. Entity resolution can really solve or help to solve that problem. The second thing is it's built from the ground up to, to assume that the data is in silos, it's in separate places, it's in different formats. And uh, the system is very good at dealing with, with those sorts of challenges. And the final thing to sort of help answer your implementation question, one of the things that we've pioneered with our system is this schemaless model. So what I mean by that is we don't mandate that you have to map, you know, 10, 20, 100 different source systems all into one format before you run an engine like Quantexa. What we're able to do is we're actually able to bring the data in as is in its raw form and do entity resolution on top of it. And that, that what that means is you get massive um, benefits in time to value. You can essentially deliver entity resolution much more quickly than you ever could, um, you know, with a, with a traditional system. Excellent, excellent. So that kind of leads me nicely onto my final question here. Another big element when we're talking about businesses and the security of data and how easy stuff is to access is when we get into the stakeholder conversation and people who have that inherent interest within that company. And we start to look at building their confidence and making them feel comfortable that what they've invested in is safe, is secure, isn't going to be liable to any breaches that are going to give negative press and going from there. So how might entity resolution build that confidence in stakeholders? Okay, so in terms of building stakeholder confidence, I suppose the first thing that I'd say is that businesses up to this point have been used to working on data that is fundamentally inaccurate. Uh, If you go back to my previous example of Jamie Hutton and James Hutton, if you treat them as two different people, then fundamentally you're probably making business decisions with an incorrect view of the world. So what, what entity resolution does is it corrects that. It gives you a true view of what is going on in the real world. And that in its own right is what helps to inspire stakeholder confidence. And one of the ways that we really help to get stakeholders on board is actually visualizing, showing them what this data looks like, showing them what their own data look like looks like when entity resolved. And that really does help with uh, you know, convincing them around, 
around what entity resolution is delivering. I suppose around the sort of compliance and security angle, the other thing that we'll often call out is that a number of our customers have gone through complex things like model risk governance processes within money laundering. And those processes are notorious about testing, you know, how is it the entity resolution process working? How are the detection models transparent? How are they, how are we ensuring that the models are not biased, these sorts of things? And by actually calling out that Quantexa has gone through some of those complex model risk governance processes, that also really helps to build um, stakeholder confidence in a in the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very important area to discover there. And Jamie, it's really been great kind of speaking to you and learning about this. And I think a lot of organizations who do pick up this podcast uh, can definitely see the benefit of having that solution that is different to those traditional matching approaches and really being able to, to grow and take it forward. So all I can say is thank you for coming on to this episode and walking us through all of this. Thank you very much, Max. Really appreciate the opportunity. Very welcome. And uh, yes, if you are listening and would like more information, please head on over to quantexa.com. There's a lot of fantastic resources and information that you can get from there. We'll be back next week, of course, with another episode in our Ask the Expert series. Until then, please join the conversation at Ian360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. And of course, for more great daily content, please head on over to em360tech.com. Em360